So over the Tasman, just like over here, they're wondering how much further the interest rates will rise. The official cash rate in Australia is sitting at 4.1%. Paul Bloxham is HSBC's chief economist in Sydney. Hey, Paul. G'day. What are you picking? Another rate rate rise this year? Well, we think that the RBA might have to do one more yet. Uh, You know, they've only lifted rates by 400 basis points only. It sounds like a lot, but it's certainly not as much as you've seen over the Tasman in New Zealand or even what the US Federal Reserve has done. And so they've taken the approach that they wanted to lift rates more slowly and they're really trying hard not to push the economy into a recession. But as a result of that, we're likely to see inflation persist for a bit longer and the labour market's still got reasonable momentum here. So we do think the RBA is likely to lift interest rates one more time yet and we think that's going to happen sometime in the fourth quarter of this year. But we are getting very close to the end and I think that's true of both the RBA and we think the RBNZ is done. We don't think the RBNZ is likely to lift rates further but also the global, the global community, we don't think the Federal Reserve has got more rate hikes to deliver either. Do you think, do you guys get helped by uh, China's deflation? Certainly, I think that's a part of the story. So, we, you know, if you look at the globe as a whole at the moment, you know, the Western countries have got an inflation problem where demand has been too strong relative to the supply in their economies. And you've had these high inflation rates that central banks have had to deal with. But actually in China right now, there's excess supply particularly of housing, but there's excess supply in general, and that's putting downward pressure on prices. And we've had disinflation. In fact, the last inflation print ticked negative in, in, in China. So it's possible that the disinflation or the, de- the deflationary forces that are coming out of China will actually help out the Western countries. And I guess the way that manifests is that you see cheaper manufactured goods, lower goods prices, and that brings inflation down in the Western countries more. So, yes, it, it's quite possible that that is how one way that the story plays out. Paul, how stuffed do you reckon China is at the moment economically? Look, I think, you know, the thing about China is they've got a lot of economic levers to be able to pull, to be able to support things. And we're seeing them start to do that. We saw a rate cut in the early part of this week. And I think we're going to see more policy measures delivered to try and provide support. But I think the one thing we should caution against or keep in mind is we're not likely to see the same sorts of big levers pulled that we've seen in the past. So in the past, China's growth slowed and then they pulled the big lever of building more housing and more leverage and building more infrastructure. And at the moment, they've got a lot of housing. They've got a lot of infrastructure. It's harder to see those big levers pulled. But I think we should always we shouldn't underestimate the capacity of the Chinese policymaker to continue to pull levers that support growth sufficiently that the economy does keep uh, keep growing along. By the way, Paul, I remember talking to you about this when when inflation started to kick off in a big way, right? You you accurately predicted that we would have a bigger problem with inflation in New Zealand because of the way that our labour market works and the way we do our wages and stuff. And that's exactly what's happened, right? You guys haven't seen the wages growth that we had. But do you see it later on? Do we see it later on? Do yeah. we, do, well, I think, I think that part of the story for us was always that wages growth in Australia had been very low prior to the pandemic. So it has embedded itself at a rate that was well below what was consistent with the RBA's target. And so in some ways we needed wages growth to pick up. It needed to lift from 2% to where it is now, 35 to 4%, um, in order that the RBA gets inflation back to its target. Whereas that wasn't the situation in New Zealand. Wages growth was already running at what, what was consistent with the inflation target. Mm. So that was, that was one element of the story. And the other element of the story is we thought that 
that border closure would be much more disruptive for a much smaller economy. And, and that's, I think, what we've seen play out for, for New Zealand. In, in neither of those cases does it tell us that we necessarily see that Australia is now going to see even further wages growth. Um, so, so, no, I don't think so. I think, I think this is one of the helpful features for the yeah. RBA. It has afforded us to be able to not have as many rate rises to get inflation to come down. I was meaning because of the collective contracts that you guys have got, which which will roll over and affect a huge number of people all at once, right, as opposed to our individualised contracts that we run. As a result of that, do you guys just bank it up and then get like a, a lot of those wage increases coming through later on all at once? Well, you could expect that it might be the case, but what's interesting is actually we're not seeing that because we're not seeing the new agreements that are being signed now so we've got, we know what the stock of agreements is, and about 40% of, by the way, that the wages are determined in Australia on these enterprise bargaining agreements. Mm. But the new flow, the new ones that are being signed now and has been, have been over the past six to 12 months, well, they're not running at an excessive rate either. They've picked up, they're running at, you know, that 35 to 4% range, but they're not, um, they're not running at an excessive rate. So no, it's, it's not likely that that's going to necessarily have a sort of a rollover and a lagged effect delivering excessive wages growth down the track. Yeah, hey, Paul, listen, thank you for running us through that. Appreciate it. Uh, It's Paul Bloxham, HSBC's Chief Economist. For more from Heather Duplessy-Allen Drive, listen live to Newstalk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.